I fell into a ring of fire. I fell in. When you kiss me, fever, when you hold me tight. Fever. Welcome to Fever FM. Tonight, in this holiday period, we're talking holiday football because it was the middle of the night and it feels like I was on another planet. Uh, gents, I'm joined by Dale and Cam. How are you? Yeah, mate. Good, good. good. Enjoying the uh, enjoying the sun. Clearly, we're the only three who, who aren't fancy enough to go away on holiday during the Christmas <laughs> and New Year's period. Yeah, yeah. spot the, the three of the panel that have kids. Yeah. <laughs> I'm spending an awful lot of time down at the pool. Yeah. Just, I'm not in the pool. I'm just reading my book on the side of the pool. But yeah, spending a lot of time there. Yeah, I, the beach is just down the road from me, and I can't go because my eye surgery. So it's oh. been a blessing in disguise because I hate people, and it is very full. <laughs> so Jen, Jen has to take uh, take uh, Nate down every day. Yeah, yeah, uh, and uh, hangers on as well. So nice. Yep. Yep. I have not. Well, well played, buddy. Yeah, I know. It's like I might string this on for another couple of weeks. Of course, we can keep talking about that, but I think we're probably going to have to talk about the game that we can probably barely remember. I certainly am struggling because it finished at two-something o'clock. Perth uh, and their wonderful 12.30 kickoff uh, versus the Knicks. Yeah, it was a game, lads. Um, Yet again, I think, Dale, you pointed out, uh, yet again, uh, an ex-Knicks player, Doing the dirty on us and um, pegging us back early. Uh, David Williams, uh, he of the um, combo with um, uh, Roy Krishna uh, in that glorious year. Um, now I don't believe he has the ponytail anymore. But no, no. It's, it, is, it is an odd vagary of the A-League, isn't it? That you can kick off a game on a different day to what your home is so you know, okay yeah. literally in a different time zone fine that happens everywhere but in a different day i think that's got to be one of the few things few uh like a league centric things that happen but yeah it was um yeah it was certainly late i think that there was probably a telling factor as the match wore on but um well 12 30 was gonna do that to you yeah it's um it feels like they were jet lagged slightly at the beginning and little uh left david williams alone um, that was a nice wee goal, though. I mean, tidy finish. I thought, give him yeah. credit. I wasn't, I wasn't happy with the space that uh, we. He had a lot of space, didn't he? Do you think so? No, oh. Dave Williams, no, the winger, the winger who delivered oh. the ball. I think Moragas got sucked in, and yeah, you know, to be fair, it looked like it was it was a deliberate ploy to create that space for the cross. But he he had a lot of time to measure where he was putting that. Um, I I thought uh, I thought Ollie could have done better with that. Uh, header from Williams because he wasn't getting near post because Ollie had all of that covered and I think he could have been covering that far like the only place he really could have gone was far or high and high would have been hard with that kind of cross so yeah I, th- I don't think he should have scored that particular goal I think we could have done better than that I, th- I think you've been quite harsh there I think <clears throat> pretty dangerous cross like kind of low and whipped hmm. and I think Dave Williams has done excellent to a get it on target and somehow evade both. I think Wooten, who's kind of sort of thereabouts, and sort of Ollie, who was just kind of making himself big. And sometimes you do that, you know, a hundred times, and most almost all of it, it would it would 
go wide or, or hit someone in the way and, and somehow he's, he's through the needle and just not by any yeah I don't I say it's any by skill with it I think it's just it just tried to flick it on target and, and, and it's just gone past at pace you know and there's not much I don't think Ollie can really do about that just got to stand ground and make yourself big and, and hope it hits you mm, yeah I've, I've got to agree I, I, I've thought Ollie hasn't been in the best form this season but I certainly wouldn't be blaming him for that one it's close enough that it really you just you're just trying to block out as much as you can I think I wasn't I wasn't blaming him but I think he could have done better you were blaming him again yeah, um, on me thanks mate did you get a new bike because that's some backpedaling right there yeah oh <laughs> dad jokes thanks, awesome mate. guess he's been raiding the Christmas crackers for a supply <laughs> fortunately a decent uh, hit back nice and quickly um lovely bit of work by cry of on the, on the run, I couldn't believe they just let him run. To be quite honest, mm-hmm. oh, it was just like go, go, waiting for someone to come in and cut him off or do something. But they just backpedaled on him, let him run. Um, are we calling the assist by Jan Sass an assist, or was that a miscontrol? No, that's an assist. Definitely that's, an assist. Yeah, really? I'm playing that yeah. was deliberate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought it was on first glance, but on second glance, I was kind of like, eh. no. There's there's an angle that shows it that they didn't show. I don't think during the game, but they may showed it maybe after or in the highlights package later. That that's a bit more wider. That you could kind of see him flicking with his left foot, and before he does that, he lifts his right foot up eerily to get out of the way of the path of the ball. So it's kind of like he's kind of skipped over the ball he's about to play. So absolutely, definitely a um, deliberate pass from him. Well, in that case, it was a beautiful assist. Two two great runs. We should give uh, Zavada credit for the run as well as Jan Sass to get both those both those defenders backpedaling. But yeah, if that's if that's deliberate, man, that's a beautiful one toucher. That's and Zavada, man, he's hit some a bit of a purple patch. He he doesn't miss many. With um. With Krayev obviously having scored and was it five games in a row before the Perth game, mm. and Zavada starting to hit those straps now as well. If Jan Sass can continue this form that we've seen him to put out in the last two games, we're going to be incredibly potent up front, incredibly dangerous up front. I, I think that um, we've probably put the reverse jinx on uh, Jan Sass. We were talking, you know, over just before Christmas, we were talking about. Uh, mutuals and he's off back to Brazil. He's kind of come back really nicely. Uh, Cam, you mentioned his family had come out or something. Yeah, as far as I'm aware, his family is now in um, uh, now in Wellington. Um, that's probably helped him settle as well. Um, yeah, and obviously, it, I think it's very clear that he's well liked within the squad because uh, even when he's been on the bench, the players have been celebrating directly with him. You know what I mean? So he's obviously a very popular uh, popular member. Um, and I think there's been. Like watching watching him and the and the the package the skills package he has is is very very good. So obviously it must just be he's starting to get that confidence into his game and his uh, confidence in the in the system and what Ufi's trying to get him to do and his understanding in that and that just seems to have suddenly clicked and he's really the last two games really played some excellent football. I wonder if it's a little bit about, um, I guess the last two games we've had a bit more, maybe a bit more possession in more attacking areas. And so we get him into better better spots. Like I think his, his, his 
yeah, his key skill is is getting the ball and running running forward at, at defenders. I think, and when we haven't had that and we've like lacked penetration, he's coming short. I think that's where he's not good when he's got back to goal. I don't think it suits him. I don't think his I think his his touch has got him into bad positions before, and I think earlier in the season, um, just after he came back, I think he he was. He came short and lost the ball. I can't remember who it was against, and then they counted and scored. So I think mm. the more we can get him, I think it was Weston. Yeah, it might have been actually. I, I can't quite remember who exactly, but I think the more we can get him facing goal and running at defenders, um, either with or without the ball, I think that's really going to help him sort of, yeah, contribute a bit more than, than he has in the first sort of handful of games. Do you think that it's maybe uh, obviously it's a confidence issue? to kind of be coming into it now, but do you think it's a little more of um, uh, that there's been a little more, not pressure, but certainly impetus put on him? Um, just when he's getting back into the start, obviously you need a bit of confidence, but now he's got the confidence. It's now kind of like, okay, you've got the start, actually use it. And now, even this game, we had Ben Wayne out. Um, what was he out with? Was he out with illness? Yeah, illness. yeah I think him and Oldie were out with with illness. Yeah, no, no. Uh, ben Old had a hernia. Wow. Okay. I'm calling that injury rather than illness. Um, Tim Payne uh, had the spews. Someone said. Yeah, he, he woke up the morning of the game and was was spewing apparently. So Oof. it caused us to have a um, only five man bench, I think, instead of seven men, because I assume Ben Wayne went. And two people, yeah, two. Were, yeah, were, I, I'm assuming Ben Old uh, was left behind. Um, yeah, well, he had a surgery before Christmas, I think, so he definitely okay. would have been fine. Yeah, that's got to be a bit of an awkward recovery. Hernia up when you're a um, footballer, Jesus, that's it's because it's not you're not going to be running anytime soon. Um, so that's pretty rough on him. But um, yeah, I, it felt like there was a little more burden placed on Jan Sass and he, he, I thought he he's still a bit scratchy but he's starting to turn up a little yeah. more often I, I think there's, there's probably a few things I think I think the, the family situation I think I, I think it's a no-brainer that that's a that's a thing sports people are people right they're not just robots who can turn up and start playing from day dot um, I think a few other things I, I guess he didn't play a lot last season either um, he was kind of he was kind of like on the peripheral True. of of um, the Brazilian side, and you know there's obviously the, the language barrier um, and a system that he perhaps probably hasn't played either. So I think there's a, a, there's a few factors going in there, and um, you know and maybe he's he's starting to understand the role, understand the language, understand what if he wants from him, all that kind of thing, starting to, to click a bit better, and, and we're playing maybe a bit better or um, or more aggressively maybe than we have previously and so all that kind of has probably helped him uh, unfortunately that was a bit the end of the scoring for the uh, side even even in the second half uh, interesting subs coming though um, early in the se- well at half time basically and then in the second um, uh, early in the second half uh, Moragas getting pulled for Sam Sutton I thought Moragas is like as much as I like Sam Sutton I thought Moragas has been good these last few, couple of games I mean, you don't get pulled at halftime for no reason, right? Um, and I think that first half in particular, I thought Perth looked pretty pretty handy going down that right side. You know, they got Reese Williams and um, uh, Khalifi, and I think, you know, they looked quite dangerous down there. Um, and I think for the most part, we, we defended our, our box pretty well, 
but they were still getting to good delivering situations. And I think you see how the second half played out. I thought we were much better the second half, at least for the first 35 minutes of it. And I think, you know, Sam Sutton's more, you know, more defensive abilities, I think probably helped in that as well. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad sub. Uh, then we saw um, Jan Sass pulled off at 70. Costa's not getting many minutes. And he, uh, for me, he's not, sh- like, even running at tired legs, he, he he doesn't look like the Costa of old. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, he's had a couple of good games, <clears throat> hasn't he, I think, with the Phoenix. I think this one he came on and I think he had one good bit of a chance when he came soon after he came on where he's running with a bit of space and tried to play and I think Zavada but over the pass and it was a bit wide and it kind of shut the whole the whole attack down and I think he was visibly annoyed at himself. So that kind of maybe that first sort of six weeks we had where we had impact coming off the bench and helping us. We haven't really had that the last couple of weeks. And I don't know if that's yeah you could say last you know, this game, it was because we were effectively playing at two o'clock in the morning and, you know, um, anyone would want to be asleep at that stage? Um, I did. I'm agreement. I find it hard to judge this particular performance if someone's had a particular bad game considering the situation they were in. Um, obviously, not great and, and his, uh, his performance uh, wasn't spectacular, but it's two o'clock in the morning and he's starting his game after two o'clock in the morning. I think there has some, in this situation, some allowance has to be given for that. Yeah, fair enough. Um, the other sub, uh, surprisingly, Nicholas Pennington coming on for Clayton Lewis, uh, ahead of Alex Rufa. That was a surprise to me. I thought Rufa had shown enough and had got, you know, a fair few minutes. Um uh, interesting oh, that Pennington came on. What do you reckon the reason for that is? I, I think Rufa, Rufa only had about seven minutes total when he came on. He came on, was it 88, 88th minute or something like that in the last game here pre-Christmas? And was um, plus injury time. So maybe he had yeah, seven minutes in his legs. Um, I, I just don't think he had enough there in the tank necessarily to to play the length of time they needed him to play. Well, it was only 20 minutes. Yeah, and that's fair, and that is the next step he needs to make. But 20 minutes at 2 o'clock in the morning when you've just returned from an injury and you played seven competitive minutes in, in a year and a half, I'm quite comfortable with um, with them choosing Pennington in that, Pennington in that situation. It might have simply been, um, you know, if he does like to have left side left footed players on the left side of uh, the pitch and and you know taking out Clayton Lewis and putting on a another left footed player and, and Pennington was probably more desirable than perhaps Rufa but yeah I think we'll see a lot more of Rufa really really soon like genuinely I think I, I'm concerned that maybe it's that Ufi isn't feeling quite confident in Rufa's just yet I, uh, maybe that's valid. Maybe it's he's been out so long he just wants to trust. He does show a lot of faith in his players, uh, Ufi, so maybe it's just a question of that. But it did feel a bit strange that Pennington came on and when, um, as you say, that, that left-sided thing, uh, Dale, um, when he did bring Rufer on, it was for Crive on the left. So, yeah. Shows what I know then. 
Well, it was it was an injury time, so maybe it was just kind of like, oh, that's fine. Just we need the legs, and you eat, and obviously you take an attacking player for someone who's much more defensive. So, it's I wouldn't even be looking at the left sided for that in that situation. He's okay. I mean, he's wanting the point at two thirty in the morning. So fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Perth at two thirty in the morning is um, yeah, you would take the point. Well, traditionally you would, but against this Perth. Well, I went back and had a look, actually, because we've had three previous games that are kicked off after midnight in there, and we lost all of them, um, 2-0, 1-0, 3-0. So um, to get a point, I think, in the scheme of things, I think I think you absolutely take take that. Um, also, if we if we look at 11.45 p.m. kickoffs, we have lost three of those and drawn one. So um, I think it's absolutely a factor that time difference. I think I think if you said it maybe in the post match conference that they arrived in Perth, they had a full day of travel to Perth and arrived oh. at ten ten thirty that night, which was three thirty in the morning, New Zealand time. So um yeah, they had basically twelve hours of travel to get there. Um, and they had the same coming home. Yeah. Because they got home after midnight uh, on New Year on Christmas Day. Yeah. That, that late, late flight from Sydney or whatever it was. And some of them were leaving at, say, 4 a, I think, 4 a.m. Yeah. time. Yeah. So, like, they'd have had five hours sleep, absolute max, probably less. Yeah, I mean, and that's one thing, it may not necessarily this game, but the kind of whole, the impact that COVID continue has on on flights in and around Australia and to New Zealand, that just the, you know, three years ago, you know, you'd have numerous flights to different cities, whereas now it's it's still very limited. And, you know, like I think Adelaide, I think they had to take, they took two days to get here because they had to go to Sydney and then overnight to come here and perhaps their performance was affected by that. So I think there's going to be a lot of those kind of travel disruptions that are going to be sort of flush out in the next sort of year or so. Perth to Palmy. Perth to Palmy is going to be the same problem. Um, you can imagine if it was worse if they went to somewhere which didn't have an airport big enough to take the planes they need to take into there. So it would be a lot worse. But yeah. Well, that that makes me slightly positive then because then it's like all of our home games become that much harder. Yeah, we get away games, but anyone coming over here is going to be uh, hating life by the time they get off their plane. Yeah, it's, uh, there's, I don't think there's a direct Perth flight anymore from Auckland, is there? I'd be very surprised. Uh, yeah, they're cutting Pretty, everything, so I'd be, yeah, be very not, surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if there isn't one to Adelaide anymore either. Um, so all of those are connections. All of those are multiple connections, which are a pain in the backside for everybody. So that's great coming here, obviously, but any time we're not playing on the Australian Eastern Seaboard, then I think we're going to have some issues. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I guess we've got to look forward now. Um, unfortunately, um up against the, the might of Melbourne City, they are not doing so badly again this season. Um, do we see a change in lineup at all? Um, do we think uh, Payne comes straight back in for Laws? I mean, I don't think Laws did anything particularly wrong. Like, like I say, I think we, we I think we, we defended probably more as as good as we probably have all season. I think we we kind of restricted their chances to long shots essentially. Um, and while they had a few more shots, they were kind of long-distance pops that, that kind of indicates that we're kind of protecting our 18-yard box quite well. So um, I don't think Laws did particularly anything wrong, but I suspect um, in the pecking order, I think Payne is, is ahead of him, all things considered. Yeah, I think that's a fair shout, actually. Um, obviously, they tried it 
earlier this season um, and he's switched to Payne for a reason. Um, I actually think that provides a better a better right with Elliot playing there um, and uh, Payne being in the middle. And I also think Laws is a, a very, very good sub to have. I think he can also push come to shove if you absolutely need it. He can play as a DM in front of the two it's not in your ideal situation but he the other guys can't do that role so having him off the bench as an additional resource is actually pretty good well i think with pennington and Rufa there you you wouldn't be pushing laws in there unless you had a not unless you had to. yeah not unless you had to. um do we see any other changes apart from the bench that starting lineup basically yeah i think Payne Sutton, and laws out Sutton probably starts i think as left back i'd say um, my, my personal choice is Sutton at left but I can mm. understand, you know, if, if he wants to go with Lucas, I just, I prefer Sutton, but there's arguments for both players, right? Depending on who you're playing. City's going to be tough though. It's a tough, they're a much more attacking team, much better a team than Perth Gloria. So if you want someone who's probably a little more defensively minded, you probably would play Sut. So yeah, we'll see. Yep. I think that's fair. I think probably perhaps the player probably had made the quietest game was probably David Ball. He didn't really seem to contribute too much in that game. Like Zavada on another day could have had a could have had hat trick. He had a couple of other good chances of volley. That volley was fantastic. He was unlucky. Oh, he hit the that. cover off that. To to reach around the player or the defender effectively as well to get that on target. And yeah. it's just a, it's just a shame Reddy's positioning was good. Yeah, he he is a very good technical player, isn't he? Especially one for a guy that size and he's a he's a big unit just have to get him to not start not keep hitting balls in our own box because yeah, yeah that, was, that was a bit of a <laughs> that, that was have, fantastic mate uh hit her onto your own crossbar uh, that, it honestly looked like game. the striker who just went oh goal and yeah. then well, got his head on it and went oh no because nah, you know you know what happened is is it it was came off their striker onto his head and then onto the crossbar so yeah like i, I, I give him a bit right. of Give him a bit of uh, credit that he wasn't he wasn't completely incompetent that he headed back across that crossbar. <laughs> oh, but it's got to be going through your head when it's like you're the striker that's come back. It's like, oh, God, please don't go in because they will just be ringing me for facing the wrong way. Yep. Uh, so on the bench, uh, Wayne comes back in, do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, considering the bench was short by two anyway. Yes. I, I, depending on illness and obviously if they're over things and but well, it's going to be another week before they play effectively so yeah it would make sense um, as long as they're well and they're over any lasting effects of whatever it is they had hmm. yeah uh, losing Ben Old's a bit of a is a bit of a loss for us it leaves us with only kind of one cover in, in Barbarossus on that wide side on the wide players yeah I think I think if he said that he was back he might have been back running today, maybe. Really? I'm assuming that's non-contact. But, yeah, I guess, because I think Sermon's still injured. Oscar Van Hattam's injured as well. So there's not not a whole bunch to sort of come into the mix. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess your wide cover is ball drops back and you put Wayne on, assuming that Wayne's able yeah. to come on. So that... That's, but it's still the cupboards looking a bit bare, especially when you're up against uh, Melbourne City and you're going to be doing a lot of defending, unfortunately. Sure, but having, having Roofer back is a big plus as well. So if you're going to have Roofer and Pennington on the bench, then you do have plenty of cover defensively if we are having some issues in there. So, and, and if you have to play with those three up front, then that's like the Zavada, 
Krayev and Sass are starting to fire quite nicely. So whilst we might not have that depth that we'd usually expect, I actually think we're probably okay in us, at least in the 14, 15 players I'd be looking to use. Yeah, for me, I come back to that. If Ufi doesn't trust Rufa to come on and do 20, 30 minutes yet, then... Yeah, but that was a week and a half before the next game. And now he's got another week and a half of actual proper training and contact and stuff on that injury, then fine. I don't have, I don't have an issue. Maybe, maybe. Um, do we have any comments about this Melbourne City game? Uh, apart from that, it's just going to be hella tough. I know they're top and stuff, but the, the game against Central Coast wasn't that... They weren't that convincing in that game. They didn't have a lot of chances. I know they missed a penalty, but it was, wasn't a well-earned penalty. You know, it was just a... It was a shitty tackle, right? Just bumped him. Yeah, and then there's penalties that are well-earned, and then there's penalties that are just kind of like stupidity. Yeah, they weren't exactly you know, that convincing. So, um... But it's hard to argue with a record of 6-1-1, one, one, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but yeah, but they've got a change in coach and and those kind of things. So yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't write it off. Like we're obviously not going to be favourites, but I don't think it's a dead set loss. Um, yeah, guaranteed loss coming up or anything like that. Well, hopefully not. No. Um, what was uh, somewhat of an, a null result was that uh, women's game. Unfortunately, um, getting called off because of the heat. Uh, at least they had the decency, the um, a, uh, APL to call it off nice and early. Uh, with the forecast being a heat wave through Adelaide and parts of southern Australia. Um, that was at least a blessing in disguise, um, rather than calling it off on the day or the like, or even starting them to play. Yeah, well, I mean, lots of those those games that went on, that went in the middle of the day, had I think the Adelaide game last night. Was it last night? Mm. Had, had every 15 minutes. Every, yeah, so... Ridiculous. I mean, yeah, I mean, you've got you to wonder... There must be another way around this. Like, I, I, I guess the option is to to play more midweek games and so it's, you know eight o'clock kickoffs and those kind of things. Oh, um, I think the only answer is air conditioned stadiums. Yeah, steal those ones off Qatar. See if they can. Yeah, uh, they, oh, they've got to have some spare. They, well, they do. <laughs> then they'll be shipping one off to. I think it's uh, one of them is earmarked for Uruguay if they win the um, the next World Cup bid, the twenty thirty bid. Unfortunately, it makes French players sick, though, so we have to be careful with this stuff. But the point, like, they couldn't shift the, our game because uh, they couldn't shift the game after because it's a double header, right? So there's there's little time. Otherwise, they, well, then again, we're playing it after midnight, so why can't they be playing after midnight, too? So um, they could have shifted those games if they wanted to. But the, yeah, the, the answer is playing in air-conditioned stadiums, but they cost a crap load of money. No, I was being very facetious, I should but, add. But if you're looking for an alternative, because it's a fair question to ask, right, how do you how do you uh, account for this moving forward? Because it's good that they're taking the welfare of the players into consideration, because they haven't done that in the past, and it has led to people being incredibly sick. Um, but what is, what is the alternative than postponing games and delaying them to later in the season? Well, I mean, I mean, during this period, this sort of Christmas, early January period, I mean, it's a bit, it's a bit, bit weird. There aren't, there's a couple of ga- days this week there that aren't games on. That doesn't really make sense to me. Like, people are kind of looking for things to do. 
you know, enforced time off because they've got kids or whatever. Like, it doesn't seem, it seems a bit strange that they can spread some of these games out across every day of the week, including on the women's side. Sorry, I look forward to this uh, forced time off that you speak of. <laughs> to be honest, mate, it's a cost issue, right? So every time you open up a stadium, there's an X amount of cost. It's cheaper to put two, plus it's, well, it's more expensive on the day. It's cheaper to put two games on on one day than it is to play two games across separate days. Um, so I can understand why they want to do the double headers. But again, player welfare has to come into consideration in this particular uh, this circumstance. In Australia, the double headers is, is a bit of a rarity, really. Um, almost all other games are at smaller venues. I mean, it makes you wonder whether they don't start trying to kick off at ten o'clock in the morning instead as a as an alternative. Um, some of these games, I know that's probably not the best uh, viewership, but um, surely it's better than than you know people baking in late thirty degrees temperature. Actually, I I think, don't think that's a bad idea at all. Um, something something different like if if you are getting small crowds to these women's games anyway setting them at a different time of day might be a trick that works for dragging in more people give it a shot well, i mean there's no point putting on a family-friendly time if it's too bloody hot to have you yeah to sit there right like yeah 100 yeah. and it's if, is it more family friendly to play at 10 o'clock in the morning when the uh, where you can take your kids out to that because they're not going to sit and roast in the baking hot weather than it is to play at three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, I think it's a, a, it's hard to say it's a good idea, but at least it's at least it's an alternative, right? That that, that is maybe worth exploring. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, without giving it too much credit. <laughs> no, no, it's it, it's honestly better than what they're doing. So you know, it's an idea. The uh, women, the Wahinics, are playing. Um, Western uh, Sydney Wanderers, uh, which has got to be a game they're targeting, I'm assuming. Uh, Wanderers sitting only ahead of the Knicks on goal difference. Uh, both teams will a big fat donut for points. I don't want to call it a must win, but surely it's got to be the one that you need points off to kick to start your season. Agreed. To- totally agreed. This, this has to be the game. They'll understand this has to be the game. Um, uh, you're at home. They have to travel. It's You've had a massive break since your last game. Like You've had a lot of time to focus on this, a lot of time to train. You're, you should have everybody back that can be back. There's There's got to be so much motivation for them to do well in this game. I just... I. They have to target three points. They have to get three points from this. This has to be the first one of the season. Oh, a counterpoint to that. Surely this is the game that uh, the Wanderers are targeting as well. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, they'll be targeting the game where we play Wanderers over there. If we play Wanderers over there, I'm not entirely sure if we do, actually. I can't remember, but I'm thinking three in the hand is with, you know, six further on. So <laughs> I'm not sure that's the same, but yeah. No. <laughs> A win in the hand is with two in the two on the road. That's a great malafor, mate. Just stop while yeah. you're behind, because you're going just to fall further and further behind. If I did that, I would have stopped many, many years ago, permanently. Yeah, yeah uh, I should have warned you years ago. Yeah, you did, you did. Um, so yeah, uh, I, with the uh, double header, this being the first leg of the double header, the woman playing at twelve uh, thirty, is it? I know it's beforehand. 
yeah, and she'll, she'll be over just after by about 10 past, 10 past two at the latest, and then the men will come out uh, to train. So it's basically exactly what happened in the previous game uh, where the men uh, from the pub crawl day, where the men finished it just before five and the women came straight out to train uh, and warm up um, after the men walked off. Yeah, so the uh, men's game, obviously, against Melbourne, as we mentioned before, at 3 p.m. Hopefully, a uh, good turnout, at least for the, um, I'm hoping for both games, um, but certainly hoping that at least some people that can't make both are trickling in to um, get as much of the women's game as they can. Um, I realise that's a bit more realism than we hope for from a fan. Right, I'll, I'll be there about 11 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, you will be. You will have sore feet by the end of this day. That's most happens most times when I'm um, <laughs> on match days. Yep. Do we think the women can turn turn this around? Have we seen enough for them to go? Yes, they can get three points here. I've seen I've seen enough to think that against this this Western Sydney Wanderers team, yes, they can get a, get get a win. I was thinking exactly that. Dale, do you have a differing opinion? I think we can. I mean, we showed glimpses against Adelaide of of a bit more. Um, defensive solidity. So, yeah, Western Sydney, they've only scored two goals as well. Um, we've only scored two. So I'm not expecting exactly a, a high-scoring affair, but if we could yeah, if we could just eke out a, just a dirty, you know, ugly 1-0 victory, I think that would be, yeah, I mean, that would be ideal because it's against Western Sydney on, on one hand, but just in general for the for the, for the the season ahead, um, give, hopefully give everyone a bit more confidence because there's only... If we get that, then it's only you know a couple, of, another one more win before we jump up a couple of more places. So, um, but if we lose it, we're kind of falling back quite far. Yep. Yeah, I think I think it's a, it's a massive game in the context of the league. It's a massive game in the context of future for some of the people. You know what I mean? The there's a it's a massive game for confidence for the playing squad. Um, as you say, against Adelaide, they showed they can compete. In a couple of games this season, they've shown that they have the ability to compete with some of the better teams. Uh, they just need to do that for 90 minutes, and it'll come. But this, yeah, this game is huge for all of those, all of the reasons. All of the reasons. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to think how to explain how to go how to go through no, no, all the reasons. Is all of the reasons, you know, this is this is this is it. This is a season-defining game, effectively, for this team. Yeah, I I have the horrible feeling it might be. Um, I'm not hopeful, but I, I I know I think we saw enough last year that they can certainly turn it around, and uh, this year with the personnel, I hope that they can. Uh, as I mentioned before, unfortunately, the Wahenix sitting uh, dead last on zero, um, with the Wanderers just ahead on goal difference. Uh, the men's team are currently sitting in what is a very competitive men's uh, table. Uh, they are sitting 7th uh, on 11 points. Um, basically a win off 3rd, but um, the just below um, 11th is only one point behind us. Just goal difference being the probably the larger factor with only the Jets um, which are, who are sitting sixth um, with a with a crappy goal difference um, that look somewhat out of place. Yeah, our issue in that situation now is conversion rate, right? Because five draws from nine games is a lot. 
and so there's a, we've, we've dropped a lot of points we should have taken from there. It's yeah. At least two of those should have been wins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as Cam mentions, we're sitting 2-5-2. Two, and two. Contrast that to, say, new, the two teams above us, uh, Newcastle's 4-0-5. Oh, They're obviously entertainers, that lot. Um, they either win or they lose. There's no draws. And then Adelaide above them, 3-3-3. Three, three, and three. They're not uh, entertainers, though, mate. We are. We're the entertainers. Well, there. You look at you look at uh, you look at from the, a neutral perspective. The, yeah, entertaining. It's, it's us and Sydney. Us and Sydney have the most goals scored in our games, so we are definitely the ones to be watching this season if you want to uh, uh, want to see goals in games. Yeah, I wouldn't be uh, comparing ourselves with Sydney at the moment because they are a trash fire. Sure, but they're one point behind us, and they've also had thirty-two goals in their games this season. Yes. Yes. But the goal is to score goals and not concede them. Yes. Uh, or get um, people sent off for um, for taking someone's shin out. That was not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that that wasn't the best tackle I've seen. It also wasn't the worst tackle I've seen this week. Thank you, uh, Mr. Topol Stanley, for that one. Oh. The karate kick to the chest was up there, along with his other red cards. Yeah. Numerous red cards, I should add. Um, we probably need to cover off uh, the ramifications of the um, Melbourne Derby uh, last. Was it last week? We talked about. We talked. We did talk about what uh, happened in the last um, pod, and you know, because of the protest that we did, um, we talked about that last week. But we still have uh, the actual suspensions as well. Um, one of the things that has come out, I believe, is that uh, Melbourne City have been sanctioned as well. Um, flares were thrown from their end as well as from Victory end. I believe that they're um, maybe not having home fans or their um, their uh, home bays are being closed. Yeah, I think their home bays are closed for two games. Two I think. games, yeah. I think they had fifteen flares that were onto the field during That's that game. That's a lot. That's a lot. Considering they're illegal, that's a lot of flares. Yeah, but the the victory one's interesting because it's kind of like the the press release was like very confusing, war, I think. very war and peace, wasn't it? It was about sixty pages long. Yeah, basically, it's like an interim suspension of like selling tickets, so only members can turn up, um, and there's no active zones until fifteen, at least until fifteen of January. Uh, so I assume they're expecting to have a a proper a proper sanction, full, complete, and done by then, which will then supersede this interim approach. Um, we should add that the interim approach is because uh, the APL, I believe, have to uh, issue a show cause notice to Melbourne Victory, uh, who then have to say basically why they don't deserve a massive great ban. Uh, it's actually Football Australia who do it, weirdly. weirdly. But it was interesting, actually, um, I don't know if you saw, there was a couple of stories in the Herald Sun in Melbourne about one guy the who's been dubbed Bucket Man. Bucket Man, yes. Um, being upset that he's been targeted for um, for coverage um, following his bucket throwing adventures. And he, uh, by doing that, he has put his name out there. Um, and it turns out he, oh. has, he, has, he has previously been banned for starting fights between Victory fans and South Melbourne fans in their local NPL competition, I'm going to say about six years ago, maybe maybe a few. This so he's he's had um, previous 
previous. And it also goes to show that some of these people who say, oh, these weren't football fans, they're just people who have t- who bought a ticket to start some fights, is absolutely nonsense because you don't do that. You don't buy a ticket to an MPL game to kick off a fight if you're, you know, <laughs> you're doing that because you're a football, you know. Hooligan. You're, yeah, or wannabe hooligan anyway. Yeah. Um, I, I'm at a loss as to why someone who has trespassed on the field then assaulted uh, someone with a metal object is having any qualms about any sanctions that are being put against them. I think. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're talking. I'm. I'm assuming that he's going to get face serious criminal charges, and probably, um, if he has previous for violent conduct, I'm going to go out on a limb and say he may face some jail time. Yeah. Well. Possibly. I mean, yeah, also spending sentence was I don't know what their you know, criminal system's like over in Melbourne. Um, they're not fans of football hooligans. <laughs> Let me tell you that for free. <laughs> yeah. Well they might be the media, I'm not sure they're caught, so uh probably slightly more partial. The cops are not fans, that's for sure. Um, so yeah, a couple of them, uh, I mean, there's been individual bans that have been handed out. Um, at least two of them have, are going to be facing criminal charges, Bucketman being one and one other individual, which, who they didn't name. Uh, they haven't issued names. Um, I'm assuming the clubs have been notified, uh, of them so that they can, um, ban them from, uh, their uh, stadiums. One thing I found very interesting was that those two guys getting, bans from any level of uh, football of anything associated with Football Australia, except women's games. Is that right? I yeah, understand. they're not allowed to participate in any football, um, even play-in, they're not allowed to participate. Um, that doesn't include women's games. No. I know. I, I'm, I'm hoping that's an oversight. It must be an oversight. Just the wording, the wording was wrong and that they will correct that, but I would find it horrific if uh, yeah. Such individuals are allowed to show up to women's games. That that sounds very odd. Yeah, it's got to be an oversight. It's got I, got to be. I'm hoping so. They they were very stringent sanctions against them. It was it was quite explicit about what they and I think the problem is they went so explicit they and they made a mistake. Uh, I'm hoping that's true. Um, do we, uh, Dale? Do you happen to know when the um, show cause has to be complete by or anything like that? Nah, I mean the, the mentions that it's going to the, the interim isn't in place until at least Jan fifteen. So I'm going to assume they'll probably want to get that done before then. Otherwise, they're going to have to roll it over for however long. But I'm guessing they want to make sure you're you're if you're a football Australia, you want the case to be nice and tight, don't you? You don't really want it to be appealed through various levels of um, appeal. You don't really want it dragging out longer than you want it nice, clean, and, and be done with it, don't you? Um, I would assume that the the onus is on Melbourne Victory now if they want to. F- I mean, that's what the show cause is about. You know, give us a reason why we don't slap a massive ban on you, and they have to make the case for that. Um, that's my understanding, but I hope that that's the case because I think it should be on Melbourne uh, on the Victory now to actually show that uh, if they think they deserve anything apart from a massive slap. Um, well, it'll be uh, interesting to to watch over the next couple of weeks, no doubt. Mm. Okay, so well, on that note, grab your popcorn. Uh, it should be fun. Um, 
Uh, what may also be fun, depending on your perspective and your opinion of Palmerston North, is that there has been a game or two announced to be playing in the Ring of Dirt, um, also known as the Ring of... Um, uh, Careful. God knows what other diseases. Careful. I was thinking more infectious diseases, not of the sexual nature because of the um, trash fire that it used to be. Uh, they had... Um, some locked jaw cases there um, many moons ago when they played sevens there. Um, so you can't get me for saying libelous things. Uh, so um, the Fever have put on a bus. I know nothing of the details other than there will be a bus to this game. Yes. Uh, well, we are trying to put on a bus. Um, we need about five more people to make it viable. Um, so the bus will leave uh, about at Parliament at about... What did I say? Nine o'clock, I think. And probably take a couple of hours to get up there, and we'll go to the game, and then we'll come back at about maybe about seven o'clock at night, back to Palmy. Uh, for those who live up the coast, we should be able to organise some pickup en route somewhere. Um, so, price is fifty bucks. We that will include some drinks, but if you'd like to take your more, um, that is more than welcome. Uh, but we need kind of get four or five more people to um, give it the OK and go forth on it. So don't uh, wait around. Um, if you're interested, uh, jump on. If uh, we don't get those people, then we will refund and blow the whole plan up and never think about it again. <laughs> so there you go. If you feel like going off to the uh, the mighty man or two, and uh, seeing a game of football in the Ring of Dirt, uh, or visiting rallies if you really want to. I don't. Um, but I will be. Yeah, I know you will be. Yeah. You haven't seen them recently enough. Like literally three days ago. <laughs> Two days ago. Two days ago. Yeah. But you're a good son, Cameron. Good son, and you'll visit. So, yes, uh, details. Um, Dale, where can people find uh, details? About- yes. Uh, go yellowfeather.co.nz slash shop. Um, that's where you can buy it um, or you can go on our social media channels and scroll back a week or two and you'll be able to find uh, the posters about it us pleading pleading people to sign up so four, four or five more people and it'll all be on that, um, keep an eye out on the socials as well I'm sure uh, someone will tweet if it is on or off do we have anything else lads we want to bring up I think that's about it I think good because it has been a long couple of days Long, long couple of days. Fair enough. Especially with that Perth game. Dear God, it's going to be good to have a game in our time zone. <laughs> so you're going to make this one, Frosty? Uh, yeah, the boys, uh, he's talking up coming again. But a double header, I'm, well, yeah, double header, I'm not sure if I'm <laughs> willing to sacrifice Take that. five hours? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, he made he made a full game and that is the first one of his life, so... Oh, I'm not sure he's ready for the double header. So trying to talk, uh, trying to talk to the wife into bringing, uh, bringing mine along. Um, the daughter, daughter's really, really keen to do the uh, the um, the walkout. You know, the, yeah, walkout with one of the women. Um, which uh, obviously they have different kids doing that in all the every game. So I'm trying to trying to get everyone to come along at least for the women's game anyway. So oh, nepotism. <laughs> they haven't said yes. <laughs> it's uh, it's not something I can I can make necessarily just make happen, bro. <laughs> yeah, people have to be on board with the idea. Okay, well, 
um, no doubt you will see me there. Um, I will be the person telling a seven-year-old to put his shirt back on. It's not 80 minutes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe don't the, sit in the sun. <laughs> oh, no, he is um, he is wicked keen for uh, the 80-minute shirts off, uh, along with the singing. He doesn't really care about the football, the singing and the shirts off. So I think we can safely say he is my son. <laughs> No. <laughs> Whoa. Because yeah. I, yes, yes, I know someone who hates doing shirts off. Yeah, that is me. But yeah, I appreciate it as a, as a spectacle and the unique celebration of uh, winning football before <laughs> quickly throwing that shirt back on. <laughs> okay. Uh, right. If that's, uh, I think we should call it here, lads. Uh, thanks for uh, showing up. Uh, thanks for not having holidays to go away to. <laughs> and uh, hopefully we get to see some uh, good winning football and three points in the bag for both the men's and the women's team. Uh, thanks for listening. Enjoy the rest of your holidays if you're having any. And if you don't, uh, take it easy anyway. Thanks. Bye.